0: Of Sacramento. Three on
1: one. Bagley the step.
0: Bagley with the dunk. And you can put it in the book and send it to the left. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top of the Kings record book. Oh, I like to see Fox force five in the open court. Pit-pop. Fox into the lane. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like King's
1: to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez, and Rich, I am hyped after preseason game one. How are you feeling, man?
0: Oh, man, it's great. I honestly, like, I don't even care that the Kings lost. It's the preseason. It's not going in the books. This was a, this was a fantastic game.
1: I forgot it was preseason. Like, players were nope. all over the floor. Sabonis is bleeding from his head. It was intense. Nope.
0: Yeah, I mean, these teams both wanted to win, and I, I think it's like pretty clear that this was played like a midseason game. It's uh, it's, it's fucking great, man. I, I'm, I'm absolutely on board for this.
1: Yeah, and where do we start with this? Maybe we'll go offense in the first half. Um, you know, 70, 72 points against what was a great Indiana defense last year, even though they did lose some of their key defenders, one of them being Corey Joseph it's on Sacramento now. But what do you think of the flow of the offense?
0: Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I, I think there's a lot more ball movement. I think there's a lot more actions being ran. I, I, you know, we're not seeing Willie get the ball like at the very, very, very high corner and just stand there and look for something to do and maybe take a a, a mid range jumper. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more action and a lot more uh, actions going on in this in this offense. I love it.
1: Yeah, and they were throwing up the threes. You know, in regulation, I think they ended up with 34 three-point attempts, uh, one under that Walton target of 35. You definitely could see that. And uh, it, it just it felt good. So one note I will have on the defensive end is Bagley got bullied by Sabonis. Uh, That's yeah. where
0: I wanted to start, actually. because that I mean, that was the thing that jumped off the screen most to me, was he was soft, he was... Uh, I mean, there was a, the first dunk by Sabonis, that Oof. big dunk. Uh, yeah, Bagley didn't even try to get in this way, and that's the problem.
1: No, yeah, he, he just kind of got a slight bump to him, and Bagley practically went into the baseline. He was gone after that. And then Sabonis, is, like you said, dunked it right over him. Um, and on the other end, you kind of saw Bagley being guarded by Turner, uh, kind of like I had expected a little bit and wrote a piece about since Deadman was spacing out. Uh, they wanted Turner down there with Bagley rolling. I like giving Bagley at least some opportunity to kind of do this in the preseason and learn from it a bit. But in regular season, I feel like you want Deadman or even Holmes, who played great today, kind of down there with the banging and back-to-the-basket centers rather than Bagley.
0: Holmes was phenomenal today. I think that he was the best big man on the court today. Is that controversial?
1: No, I, I would agree. I loved him.
0: At least, uh, you know, in terms of the Kings bigs. So not going to get into the comparisons with Turner and Zabonis are both great. But yeah, I mean, that's a that's the type of center that the Kings haven't had. Uh, a guy that's going to bang a guy that's going to generate insane amounts of gravity with his rolls to the rim. Um, you know, Dedman, I think, is what we expected him to be. He's going to be more of a perimeter guy. It's very, very valuable to have a center that can space out to the corner. Uh, he had a three early on; that was nice. Um, you know that element is there, and that's a good thing. But yeah, I mean, Holmes is what you think of when you think of an offensive center. Um, you know, a little bit, a little bit traditional, like not a not a, a NBA 2.0, NBA 3.0 center, not a, a stretch guy, but potential is there uh he has shot before but yeah I mean this is those are the two guys that I want to see at center this season um not including Giles in that yet because he wasn't in this game but I really don't want to see a ton of Bagley at the five and I know that's that's contra to everything that I've said for a long time where I do see Bagley is ending up at a five but it's just not the time yet he's still did he look any bigger to
1: you no and you know, the improvement I saw from him was him making the extra pass. I thought he was doing that a little bit more often. But aside from that, it was a lot of the same. Uh, I didn't see any right hand. And no, I mean, he didn't look bigger to me.
0: Yeah, he's not gotten bigger. He's not gotten stronger. He's not got he's not developed more post-craft or post-moves, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think that he has become a more willing passer, probably a better passer, I would say that he's probably going to cut down on his turnovers and, and improve his assist numbers, but those are all things that make sense for him more as a four, uh, and I think that you know that his skill set's evolving more to be a four than it is his body evolving to be a five. If Those are the two kind of ways that he's being pulled. I think the the skill set of a four is winning right now. I mean, it's been one game, but that's where my, that's where my thoughts are.
1: Right. And I guess we have to throw this in there. You know, it is preseason game one. I, I know that we understand that, but just to clarify to all the listeners, uh, not overreacting to anything, but it is notable that you get to see what the new coaching staff kind of is implementing and what players have worked on over the off season. No,
0: we are, we are underreacting. This team will go 0-82 and win only overtime games, only lose in overtime by one point all 82 games.
1: Man, I thought Buddy was going to hit that first one. It was the same spot as Detroit. I was so ready for it. And the second one was in the second overtime was the most difficult look you could possibly get, and it still went halfway down. Like, I don't know. It was just entertaining. Wait, I'm
0: sorry, the second overtime?
1: Yeah, the second overtime, the last buddy shot there where he, like, I think he pumped and then he had to reverse and do this, like, spin at the three-point line, still threw it up and almost banked it in.
0: There's, uh, only, one, there's only one overtime.
1: You're right. I'm sorry. I, I mean, the last, uh, the first shot was at the end of regulation. The second one was right, in yeah. overtime was what I meant there. Yeah, Actually, sorry. I yeah, yeah. misspoke.
0: Yeah, no, that last shot was so heavily contested, but still, like, yeah, on the replay, like, that fall. That ball could have gone in, right? Right, and, yeah, uh, and that's just what buddy. That's what buddy do. That's what buddy does, and that's what
1: buddy do. Right, and one thing that kind of uh, led to that overtime was Fox missing that one free throw, and you could tell that upset him. But that's definitely something that we want to see him improvement on. You know, he gets to the line often. He's great at finishing through contact. Uh, there was some. There was a nice and one that he also didn't finish. But uh, the free throw shooting uh, didn't look. Like, it took a uh, nice step for Fox. Like we said, it's one game, you know, you can miss shots, especially with that sort of stuff. But uh, so that, that was one that he needed to hit, and he looked like he knew it.
0: 100%, and it wasn't close. Um, that was a big disappointment, and it's actually something that I've been working on an article um, how, about how the main thing keeping Fox from being a superstar is his free throw shooting. Um, you know, there have been successful – star point guards in the league that don't shoot great from, uh, the free throw line or, or even from three, uh, you know, Jason Kidd I think is a good example of that, but you know, they're mostly from a different era, this era, you really need to be a free throw. You need to be clutch at the free throw line, uh, to be a great point guard. And if not, you need to have a, like a Russell Westbrook level of athleticism and destructive, uh, a, a destructive effect on the offensive game to, uh, account for that. And even if you do, you know, Westbrook still gets a, a ton of crack for that.
1: Yeah. I, and, uh, I like the playmaking we saw from Fox. It looked, it, it looked nice, you know, some drop-off passes. There were a couple where he got in and, uh, the passes weren't quite on point, but they were to the right people. And we've se- seen that from him a little bit. Buddy, on the other hand, there was a couple of times he got in the air and then changed his mind. And one of them, he dropped it off to nobody and it was a turnover. And he does this a little bit, but, uh, a little bit of indecisiveness. It's, it's the very first game. Said it a couple times. You know, maybe there's a little bit of a lack of comfort having been out there for a little while. But uh, there were some, some uh, key turnovers for Buddy.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say in the first half, I, you know, I had in my notes that his passing and his, his handles looked really significantly improved. Uh, I was really impressed, especially with his handles. Uh, he's, you know, that's something that he struggled with his whole career and it's he's he went from a guy that really can't put the ball on the court to a guy that's a competent uh you know uh, he he can do something he can he he can hold his own at least when the ball's in his hand uh and then yeah i mean in the first half i thought wow he's taking a step here and uh it kind of just it kind of fell apart in the second
1: half are you currently paying off student debt Interested in improving your financial literacy or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakhani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy. Yeah, and hopefully we see more of first half than second. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it, I don't know. Buddy played a good game overall. He, he shot the ball well. There was a little bit of times where in the second half it slowed down and it kind of saw what... Uh, What you feel like is going to worry the Kings that we saw last year a little bit, too, where the entire game slows down. That ball movement we saw in the first half wasn't quite there as much. And uh, yeah, and Bogdanovich in that bench lineup, though, did play great. Uh, He was second in plus minus on the team, and the entire bench was really where the positive plus minus was. It came 14 from Holmes and Bogdanovich and plus 15 from Joseph. What did you think of that bench unit overall?
0: It's really strong. This bench is really, really strong with the exception of uh, one guy who i will get to in a second. But um, yeah, I mean, Bielitsa, Ariza, Holmes, Joseph, Bogdanovich, those were the guys off the bench. And yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I liked what I saw from all of them. Did you notice that Bielitsa played the five briefly in a couple lineups there?
1: I saw you talking about it a little bit. It was with Bagley though, right? So what made you feel like uh, Bielitsa was the five with both of them out there?
0: Well, there was just no question. I mean, Deadman was, Dedman started the game uh, at the five, started the second half at the five. And when Bielita came in, he took that exact role. He was in the exact same spot that Deadman was in the whole time, which makes sense because, um, you know, compared to last season when you would have Willie in, in that five spot, you, Bielita doesn't have the similar skill set. So he's not going to come in and do what Willie did. That doesn't make sense. That's, you know, he played the four for a reason, but, There's no question that they had him playing Dwayne Dedman's role for those couple of minutes. And yeah, Bagley was out more towards the perimeter. Bagley was guarding Sabonis. Uh, Yeah, and Belita was on turn. It was an interesting look.
1: Yeah, and I think that this this Indiana matchup is a little bit of an outlier. I I guess actually there are bigger teams this year, but most of the time I feel like when there's smaller teams out there that uh, you'll be able to do that a little bit more. And Bagley played on more of – what I feel like is the big player, even though Sabonis is technically the four in there, he's kind of banging down low a little bit more. Um, so I think that you can play with that. I just don't know if this team is necessarily one where you do that when they have both Sabonis and Turner in.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I just think that Villita, he can play the stretch five. It's not that he's good at it. It's not that right. he's uh, great at it or anything. But yeah, I mean, in terms of what Bagley's doing on the floor and what, uh, Dwayne Dedman's doing the floor as the starting four and five. Bielitsa fits more of Dedman's role than, than Bagley's. And when, they're, when other, you know, and then what it comes down to is Bagley, I don't think Bagley is ready to be really to be a defensive five. And that's unfortunate. Right. And it's, it's not what I had anticipated. It's not what I was hoping for. But you know, with that said, Bagley did close the game at the five. He played the last five minutes of regulation there. He played all of overtime there. And I'll tell you what, it didn't go great.
1: It didn't. Um, you know, second half was 46-59, 13-point favored towards Indiana and obviously lose an OT by the point. Yeah, you know, in the end of regulation, Sabonis wasn't in, and I felt like it was kind of okay to have Bagley at the five. And uh, interestingly, Ariza was part of that closing lineup as well instead of Bogdanovich. Ariza played uh, – Rather than Deadman and Bagley slid down to the five with the rest of the starters, and uh, yeah, I mean I like the defensive effort from that, but and I understand Ariza closing a little bit with his veteran presence, but I liked Bogey much better in there, especially with how he played today. And I also would have potentially liked Holmes instead of Ariza there.
0: That's absolutely where I'm at. I think you you take Bagley out and put in Holmes, or you take Ariza out and put in homes, and that's a much better-looking closing lineup.
1: Right. If, if Bagley wasn't the number two pick with all this potential, um, I really wouldn't be running him this much. I mean, obviously, you're playing him for the potential is what I'm saying here. He, he was underwhelming, um, and obviously we saw that a little bit in his rookie year. I kind of expect there's going to be more growing pains, but you just kind of got to get him his run a little bit here
0: really weak performance from bagley i mean let's just look at his numbers real quick he played 30 minutes he finished with 12 points and five rebounds uh his his defensive and some you know most of those rebounds uh three of those five were offensive so he had two defensive rebounds in 30 minutes that's no good that's no good for your closing center that is not going to work um Tim Maxwell, friend of the podcast, tweeted out that his defensive rebounding percentage tonight, uh, or today, I should say, early morning today, uh, 6.9%. That is garbage. That's very, very bad.
1: Yeah. And as a whole, I mean, Deadman only came down with two boards. Holmes led with four. And Buddy actually, I'm sorry, Bialica led with five. um, And Bagley was there as well. Uh, total rebounds, but yeah, defensive, Holmes had four of them. Buddy had four, uh, who likes to kind of chase the ball a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, and Indiana's not exactly a strong rebounding team. That's one of the big weaknesses of Miles Turner. Uh, Sabonis is good at it, but getting out-rebounded 33-24 to 24 definitely does not help here. And six offensive rebounds for Sabonis, that's the Bagley matchup.
0: Yeah, this was like an all-star game situation with Bagley and uh, Sabonis where, like, there's an unspoken agreement to not play defense against each other (laughs) and and just let it be like a dunk contest, uh, a live dunk contest. But, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see that hammer that Bagley threw down. Like, that. you know, you see it there. The potential's there. The explosiveness is there. There's no question about that. It's just – none of this is to say that Bagley – none of – the pessimism I have is towards Bagley's future. It's to Bagley's present, right? Would you right. agree with that? Yeah,
1: totally agree with that. That's exactly where I'm at.
0: Yeah, and then Holmes, you know, you know you're know, you right. There's not a lot of defensive rebounding on this team at all. This team has struggled with defensive rebounding for a long time. Uh, it probably will struggle again this year. Deadman, as you mentioned, doesn't get a lot of boards, but he kind of fits more of that like Brooke Lopez type of center where yeah. because he's so much on the perimeter – He's, that's just not really his role to get those defensive boards. But, uh, Rashawn Holmes had four in 20 minutes. You know, that's twice as many as Bagley got in 30 minutes. I don't know. I, I'm mounting a case here. Yeah. Holmes is defensive rebounding percentage today. 25%. That's what you like to see.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I got no argument there. Holmes was, Holmes felt like the player of the game in a way here. I mean, Not to overshadow, you know, a 28-point performance from Buddy and Bogey kind of doing what you expect them to in a way. But uh, the unsung hero, in a way, really felt like Rashawn Holmes here.
0: I love that. Can we do that Uh, whenever we do game recaps? Can we name a player of the game?
1: Yeah, we're supposed to have the pulse performer is what we're going with here. Oh, there it is. If you like it.
0: King's post-performer of the game, post-performer.
1: And it has to be Rashawn Holmes, right? I agree. I think that,
0: you know, Fox was obviously very valuable to his team, but he missed that that free throw. That was very important. I mean, there's yeah. there's ups and downs with him. Healed 28 points. Great. I mean, phenomenal shooter, no question. But the turnovers, I mean, he yeah. was giving effort on defense. But, you know, is that enough? I don't know. Uh, that turnover was pretty costly. Uh, you know, Harrison Barnes played 34 minutes and I think he was very solid. He might be a contender here, but right. I, maybe it's between Holmes and Barnes. Who, anyone else you'd throw in there?
1: Not really. Uh, I, I mean, I liked Bogey's game a lot, but again, four turnovers there and not bringing much on defense. To me, Holmes kind of did everything you would ask. There weren't any major holes in his game. And I like that you mentioned Barnes. I thought Barnes had a really solid game. 11 of 11 from the free throw line. I didn't even realize he got there that often. Um, yeah, he he had a great all-around game. You know, moving the ball well, playing good on defense. He had a nice uh, anticipation steal, jumping into a passing lane. So I like the shout out there, but I'm definitely going Holmes. Yeah,
0: now I'm thinking that I might I might give it to Barnes just because, as you mentioned, the free throw. I mean, 20 points—that's important. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, his efficiency is just through the roof, but yeah I, I i will oof
1: and is that Barnes plus minus being minus eight and uh Holmes plus fourteen is that just because Barnes was with a starting lineup that was struggling
0: yeah i mean plus minus in a small sample size uh, right. like is pointless like it it only makes sense over large chunks of the season um so yeah but no I'll go with Holmes here the two blocks the two steals i mean he's he did it on both ends and i'll yeah i'll I'll go with. I think we agree on Rashawn Holmes,
1: yeah, and i you know I think if, like we mentioned, Holmes was closing the game instead of Bagley, this could have been a different outcome.
0: yeah, that's what I wanted to see, and that's i I hope we yeah, I don't know i I don't know what we'll'll we'll, I don't know what we're going to expect this preseason. Do you think that tomorrow's game will just be a lot of backups?
1: I do because, I mean, like we're kind of throwing these minutes out here, 33 for Fox, 32 for Buddy, 34 for Barnes, 30 for Bagley. Uh, That's a lot of run. It's regular season minutes for the very first uh, preseason game, and now they got a back-to-back in a different time zone that they might not be accustomed to. Uh, I think that we definitely see more backup minutes.
0: Oh, there's one thing I wanted to throw in there. Uh, I mentioned it, alluded to it earlier, but I'll tell you what I did not like. I did not like the minutes from Yogi Ferrell at all. Uh, I know he hit that, that, (laughs) uh, that heave at at the three, the three point heave at the half. Yeah. Great. Like, okay, great. That's not replicable. (laughs) That's not what you're playing a guy to do. Right. I'm glad he did that. I'm glad that he made a bunch of, uh, you know, kids in the stands. They're happy to see that. Glad for that. But he is so bad off ball. And when he's on ball, he's not that great either. I mean, he, Pulled up a really weak mid-range jumper. He only played three minutes, but I felt like they were catastrophically bad minutes.
1: Yeah, and he's a guy that we've kind of identified as not really having too many minutes available to him on this team because of the talent of the two point guards in Fox and Joseph, uh, unless they're kind of staggered a bit. Yeah, I mean, the playmaking in general from the second unit, I agree with you on Yogi. Um, it it was a little underwhelming. I, I think that uh, – Clearly, when there wasn't a Bogdanovich, Fox or Heald, the offense was struggling, and you kind of expect that. Um, and that's kind of where I see Giles fitting in there a little bit.
0: Maybe. Um, maybe. I, the, the interesting thing to me is that Walton recently said that he is not going to have anything more than, any more than 10 players in his rotation uh, at max. He said he's comfortable hmm. with an 8-, 9-, or 10-man rotation. 11 players played tonight. Bo- uh, sorry, Yogi is the obvious sacrifice. Right. I think you, you cut those three minutes out. You got a 10-man rotation. I don't know what is going to happen with Giles. I don't know what's going on with his health. He seems to think that he's very healthy. The team could just be playing it safe, saving him up. Um, you know, maybe that they're – I don't know. There's a point come where the injury stuff can be used to – hold him out when he might be healthy, uh, you know, to not where nothing malicious, but hey, if Holmes is playing great, if Deadman's playing great, if they want to give Bagley more run at center, can they just be like, hey, we are going to be conservative with, with Harry Giles and maybe he doesn't play much in the beginning of the year at
1: all. The Kings Pulse podcast is recorded and hosted on Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it so it sounds smooth and professional, and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yeah, um, I think that this soreness is kind of just precautionary. I don't think that there was anything new necessarily would be my my speculation on it. I I understand not wanting him to travel and uh, really take an arrest here. But that's obviously where the cut's going to come from. You know, Uh, all these bigs of Bagley, Denman, Bielitsa, Holmes, and, uh, and Giles as well. We've been saying that one of them is likely going to fall out the rotation. So Yogi Ferrell and one of those bigs brings it down to that uh, sort of 10-man rotation there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it seems like the default guy to stay out of the lineup for right now is Harry Giles. Just because, I mean, everyone else played pretty well. I mean, Bagley didn't play well, but you're not taking him out of the rotation, obviously. Bielitsa got a ton of minutes. He got 22 minutes in regulation. Um, yeah, he looks good. I mean, it, he looks good. He's valuable. Uh, Holmes looked great. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, what were your thoughts on on B elites game?
1: Yeah, I thought he did what you expect him to. You know, he came in and uh, really spaced the floor for everybody else there. And they, there's nothing flashy or uh, that really stood out about Bielita, but it's exactly what you expect to be getting from him, and that is plenty. So, like you mentioned the Giles thing, I think it's it's that he is the guy that has to play himself into minutes here. The other guys feel like they're already going to have a little bit of a role, and if Giles proves himself, then he can start to overtake some of these guys. I think that's a great way to put it. I completely
0: agree. That's the situation. Giles has to earn his minutes now, uh, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and uh, maybe one of the final things here, what did you think of the backup point guard that we got in Corey Joseph here?
0: I mean, pretty strong. I, 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 he's a strong defender, obviously. He hit a nice three. That it looked smooth. The shot looked good. He's not been you know, known for his three-point shooting throughout his career, but I feel very comfortable with him as, as the second point guard, certainly more comfortable than I did with Farrell or Frank Mason.
1: Right, and obviously the main thing you're getting there is, is the defense, but I'm going to keep a close eye on the three-point shooting because he's had, uh, in 2016-17, to 17, he was 35% plus, 17-18, the same thing, but then he's had a year of 27% the year before that. It was 32% last year, so he's definitely confident with it. He'll pull it when people go behind screens and things like that, but I'm going to keep an eye on it uh, because it does look like a nice stroke, but like you said, you I like what you get from – uh from Corey Joseph and you're not expecting the offense, anything that comes on that and is just a plus. I um, feel like there's anything else we missed here, Rich. Can we blame Tim Maxwell for TJ Warren balling out? I mean, we can blame Tim for whatever we want. Uh, <laughs> I will say he, he, he
0: really went hard on the Nemanja Bielitsa zero minute train. Uh, and that's not the case. I mean, you know, maybe you can make the argument that Giles takes all those minutes, but I don't think that's how it's going to, it's going to start off. Other and, than that, I'm uh I'm good to go. I'm looking forward to another game tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and uh his whole bogey potentially getting traded ain't looking too well either.
0: <laughs> right. If you love Bogdan Bogdanovich, please go personally attack Tim Maxwell on Twitter because he is doing everything he can to trade them.
1: There we go. <laughs> but yeah, another game tomorrow morning, same time, six A uh six thirty AM in India and uh it was cool to hear all the fans in the stands chanting let's go kings you could tell that uh vivek has really had an impact on that community being from there and all that and it's uh, the kings have always had a little bit of an international fan base so it's great to see that there
0: yeah amazing
1: experience absolutely yep and that is going to do it for this first game recap of the 2019-20 season Uh, for the King's Pulse podcast. You will hear from us again tomorrow. Tomorrow. Talk to you guys then.